Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 18th. If people disappoint you, never turn against them. Accept the disappointment as a karmic lesson and tell God firmly, no matter how the storms of life rage around me or how heavily the rains fall, how terribly the earth shakes or how violently circumstances pummel and punish me, I am thine, ever thine. Thou art my only truth and pole star in this world. For your own sake, if for no one else's, emanate kindness to others from your heart. By anger or bitterness, you will hurt yourself most of all. (sighs) He doesn't make it easy for us, does he? No matter how much the world pummels or tortures me. You know, this um, this is the law of karma. Let me see what he says here. Accept the disappointment as a karmic lesson. No matter how much people disappoint you, never turn against them. Well, this is just what Jesus said. There's an absoluteness to the spiritual path, to the spiritual path of self-realization, which is why most people don't follow it. Or even those of us who do follow it struggle at times at the unequivocal unrelenting perfectionism that's required of us. I was amused once when someone came to our church and uh, after the service, I believe I was giving the service, and they, they spoke to me and they said, you know, I visited a lot of churches in the area and many, many, in many churches they talk about overcoming the ego. Then she said, but I have the impression that you really mean it. <laughs> And I laughed because I knew exactly what she meant. You know, many people, let me think how to say it. It's not that they, it's not that they're being insincere. It's that their concept of human potential has a, is limited very much by human reality. Um, whereas a path that, you know, inspired by Paramahansa Yogananda, this path with Swami Kriyananda, this is... You, your destiny is to become a self-realized master. Um, we're, we're really following the teachings of Jesus, but not in the way that many uh, people who call themselves Christians follow it. When Jesus said, that which I shall do, ye shall do in greater things. Um, when Jesus said, you know, God, my God will make you a pillar in the temple and you will go out no more. When he said, I call you friend, You call me master, but I call you friend because we are equal in this work we're doing for God. When he said, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Um, These were not compliments. These were not hyperbole. This was a statement of our destiny. And furthermore, it was a statement of Jesus' commitment to us and his expectation of us. I'm going to put aside the traditional explanations of those and say simply, 
as Master expressed it, the jiva, which is our individual spiritual self, we will persevere until we have become self-realized, knowing ourselves to be the infinite power of God. And any great master, any great saint throughout all of human history, we are his equal, we are her equal. And we will rise to that level, of course, no matter how many incarnations it takes us. How long it takes us is our choice, but that's where we must go. And there is only one reality in this world, and that, that reality is divine. And Maya, the, uh, the sorceress, the, the confuser, the satanic force, constantly tries to persuade us that we are separate, that we are limited, that we are the victim of circumstances, that, that things that happen are unfair, that it's other people's fault. It just goes on and on and on and on. And of course, those are very convincing arguments because everybody else on this planet is just like us, which is that we are all, with very, very few exceptions, we're all divine souls on a journey towards self-realization, but we haven't yet achieved it. So we express our ignorance and we fall under the satanic influence and sometimes we express satanic evil to one another. And Master said something extremely interesting, which is very amazing to contemplate. He said, because we are, because we live in the realm of time and are convinced that time is real, then it appears, and, and therefore, one event seems to follow another. We have the impression that one event causes the other. Now, this is where this is relevant, and I'll give you a little story in this context. A couple that I knew, a man and a woman that I knew, um, both were very nice people in themselves, but neither had a very deep self-understanding. And both of them were highly prone to feeling that somebody was doing something to them, hurting their feelings, mistreating them. They, they, they were, both were inclined to see themselves somewhat as victims of other people's wrong actions. Still, they were good people. There was not a problem. It was just an inclination. Um, and they married each other for a short period of time. But the marriage was exceedingly painful for both of them because neither of them knew where their pain was coming from. So he would say something to her, and she would, it would come into her, and it would, it would remind her of countless other things that had happened in this life, and probably also in previous lives, that had caused her pain. He had spoken, she was experiencing pain, she would think he had caused her pain. So then she would respond, and then her response would trigger in his mind the active, unresolved memory of a thousand other hurts, and then he would think that she had hurt him, because neither of them understood where their suffering was coming from. So it was a short-lived and not very happy relationship, and fortunately I believe both of them learned a lot from it and subsequently were able to do better in their lives. Was a, it was a learning experience, even though a very disastrous marriage. It was not, nonetheless a positive learning experience. Now, one of Maya's greatest tricks, one of Satan's greatest tricks, is to persuade us 
that how we feel is dependent on how other people behave. And as long as we believe that how we feel is dependent on other people's, the way other people behave, we are going to suffer a great deal because everybody else is also just trying to work out their own misunderstandings and inevitably they will, they will impose upon us um, unfortunate things. And because one thing follows another, we will think that what you imposed upon me, now I, you imposed something on me, now I hurt, you hurt me. And what happens to us as we gradually evolve on the path of self-realization is that we realize that my consciousness is completely within my, um, subject to my choices, to my influence. And yes, I will have to respond to other people's actions. I may have to experience their actions. I will have to decide what is the appropriate response. But whether I suffer or not from the actions of others is a question of of my self-mastery or lack of it. Now this gets a little subtle because it's not that we become aloof or indifferent to the suffering of the world. It's we see it and we feel it even. But we feel it in, I don't know how to explain it, it's impossible to say it. I just, I think I, I can't take it farther than that, than this, in this discussion. But the main point is, and even, let's just call it directional rather than absolute. You know, um, a master lives in an absolute state of bliss. Even though he enters, this is what I was trying to say before, he enters completely into the human condition. And he, he goes to the movie of human life and he weeps when bad things happen to the hero and he is torn with sympathy when the villain makes terrible karma for himself. It's not that he has no feelings, but underneath it all he knows that this is just a drama leading to the state of bliss and that on one part of himself he never loses that bliss. And he never makes the mistake of thinking that anything is happening except that God is acting out this drama through all these different souls. And we're all finding our way back home to the ocean of bliss. So when we become yogis, and to go to the word ego, which is a word I started with, ego is the conviction that I am separate and vulnerable. Now sometimes people think of ego as the conviction that I am powerful and strong, and I am the most important being in the group. You know, my reality is more important than any other reality. That's the other side of it. But the assertion of that independent strength is also because I'm separate. You know, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to make the world the way I want it because I am the, the one reality that counts. Whereas, in fact, I am part of an infinite whole and I can't, there's no way that I can separate myself out and make myself safe thinking like that. And what happens is we push that egoically as far as we can push it. And then we begin to realize that that whole self-definition is wrong. That my true self-definition is that I am a child of God and I am one with the greater reality. And overcoming the ego is is to redefine ourselves as part of the infinite whole rather than as a separate force that must stand and assert its own way. We must cooperate, we must support, we must be compassionate, 
We must love. And then we begin to understand that my, as part of the infinite whole, I have access to this never-ending state of joy. And all of this conviction that I've held for so many lifetimes, that you hurt me and now I must be hurt, that I didn't get what I want and now I must be disappointed, that um, you know I made a mistake and now I must be ashamed. Just all these things that we have allowed to convince us that require us to not be happy, we gradually realize that none of it was true. Because I thought that I was this independent ego separated from divine bliss, and so I'm just being tossed around by all these other independent egos. To overcome the ego is, is to repudiate smallness and embrace the, the infinite reality of which I am a part. You know, this is, this is the dividing line, I feel, between people who are genuinely devoted to a spiritual life and, and people who will eventually be devoted to a spiritual life, is to realize that it, it is the truth of my life is my inner consciousness. And I will participate eagerly and effectively and even dynamically with great commitment in the world, but the origin point of my commitment and the purpose of my commitment is the transformation of my inner consciousness. And everything that comes to me, instead of feeling victimized and, and, and hurt and broken and disappointed and angry and all these things, everything is coming to me to, to, to continually challenge my capacity to hold to the deeper truth that I have come to intuit and, and in time will experience as my own that I belong to God, nothing can separate me from God, and the nature of my relationship with God is perfect love and perfect bliss. And once we make that commitment, our karma will begin to um, work itself out. And one of the ways it works itself out is it presents us with opportunities to be pulled off of that conviction. That's why Swami says, you can pummel me, you can disappoint me, you can do whatever you want, but I will firmly cling to my expanded self-definition, to my true identity as a child of God, and that relationship is one of pure bliss. And everything will happen. And we will think that one thing causes another. We will think that I feel unhappy because of what you did, and we won't realize, no, this is just... And one more opportunity. At, at the beginning of spiritual life, the details of one's karma are interesting. Who did what to whom? Who I was in a past life? Why you're coming to me now? Why this is happening? What my particular syndromes are? And all of that is helpful. That is precisely what I was saying my, my dear friends did not have. They didn't know where their suffering was com- coming from. They didn't realize how many delusions they were holding. So there's a point at which you have to really introspect and come to know yourself and come to know what's really motivating you and what's really holding you back. A, a profound self-honesty is required. But after a while, you realize that everything, all the karma that comes to you is really exactly the same. Whether it's emotional, physical, somebody doing it to you, romantic, um, 
disease, whatever, you know, money, whatever it might be about. It's just um, a game that the divine is playing with you, asking if anything is powerful enough to cause you to forget for a moment your connection with divine bliss. And holding on to divine bliss is the only is the only goal of the game. So let me say, if people turn, if people disappoint you, never turn against them. Accept the disappointment as a karmic lesson and tell God firmly, no matter how the storms of life rage around me or how heavily the rains fall, how terribly the earth shakes or how violently circumstances pummel and punish me, I am thine ever thine. Thou art my only truth and pole star in this world. For your own sake, if for no one else's, emanate kindness to others from your heart. By anger or bitterness, you will hurt most of all yourself. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.